they ha- they say the way out is through and I know that is true. That is 100% true. I've seen it, I've proved it over and over again in so many different areas of my life and with grief I feel like it's so hard to like turn and tr- turn into your p- pain, turn and look at your sadness and the hurt, hurt and go I'm getting through this. So what do I have to do to get through this? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolfie's Wish Pet Loss Support Podcast. I am your host, Erica Messer. I'm so happy to bring up the topic of pet loss. I'm on a mission to validate pet loss grief as a a normal form of grief. And I'm so excited to introduce my first guest, Miss Reagan Pasternak. She is a Los Angeles-based actress, writer, and creator. She began her acting career starring in Disney Channel's in a heartbeat and has since worked on numerous film and TV projects, included being Erica, HBO's Sharp Objects, Hulu's Good Trouble, and BET's The Miss Pat Show. Reagan is also the author of the award-winning pet loss book, Griffin's Heart, which we will talk about today because it's amazing. It's an interactive guide meant to help us navigate the grief that many go through after losing a beloved pet. So welcome, Reagan. Thanks so much for being here. I am so happy to be here, and I've been admiring you from afar. We've had our little talks online, but um, I'm so impressed by what you're doing, by your huge heart and your Thank empathy, you. and I'm just, I'm in awe of you, so there you go. <laughs> that's sweet. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I, I got your book early on when I was struggling with the loss of Wolfgang and trying to find resources, and I'm sure you can relate. It kind of felt like a hamster just running. I was like, what do I do? And I came across your book and it was like, oh, I felt like a hug. I felt like somebody, it was, it's such a beautiful memoir keepsake book that literally I just liked knowing I had it and I kept it in its nice little case. And like, I didn't want to write in it because I just didn't want to mess it up. It's so lovely. <laughs> no, I mean, I really not write in it. I do now. I do now. Your baby. Yeah. I do now, but um, before we get into the book, which I can't wait to, can you tell us about Griffin? Like, yeah, what's your what's your gotcha story with Griffin? So, you know, this is I can't even believe this is actually happening because I'm just I just want to tell you I was just telling you before that I I I wrote this book like I started writing this book over 12 years ago. It took me a long time to write it. Um, and I still like you just saying his name like I feel like I'm gonna cry. That's how weird grief is, right? Yeah, um, but um. When I, so now I'm a very animal, a very avid uh, animal rescue person. And I, um, I all my animals, I have five animals, two dogs and three cats right now. And they're all rescues. But when I had Griffin, um, I really didn't know about that world as much. And I have a lot of guilt about that because I think that's probably why he got sick young and all that stuff. So I had, I was, my, my ex-boyfriend uh, was allergic to cats and so we uh, found this breed called a Devon Rex, which were very uh, good for allergies, apparently. So we actually bought this little cat, Cleo, who was a Devon Rex, who are, these cats are so unique and crazy and amazing and brilliant. I'm telling you, they're like, I say they're monkey, I call it in the book, they're like an alien monkey hybrid. And they'll sit on your shoulder and they, they're just weirdos. And um, we got Cleo and then, you know, I got my first, you know, big acting job uh, where I was on set constantly. So I, I felt guilty and I wanted her to have a friend. So I went in. So my friend ordered two 
expats from this God knows where shady, shady place because they came in a truck. And as I still lived in Canada at the time, they came in a truck in the middle of like the night and I was still actually on set. And my boyfriend at the time was like, um, so the cat's here. Uh, have, have you seen this cat? I'm like, no, I don't know. My friend ordered it for us. And, um, he's like, it's, he's really crazy looking. Like he hardly has any hair and his ears are huge. And I was like, okay, all right, what's happening? And I just remember coming in that night and I opened the door to my apartment at the time and this like long, lanky, like kind of orange cat, but he was like barely any hair with the most humongous ears I'd ever seen. Comes like prancing to the door and he just like meows at me. And I was immediately in love. Like I had never felt in my life like I was just like and I had to go away on, on a press tour the next day for for my for my show um to the states and uh I was like I was just up all night staring at him and his little face his little wrinkly head please go look up Devin Rice yeah, if you, I did like, when you did you see them but to your listeners just if they don't know what it is they're weird looking cats like now I'm just obsessed with them but um I was just madly in love with this cat me immediately like his little face up against me just purring all night and uh that was my gotcha story because he's that was that was my it was full-blown love at first sight like I love all my animals but there was something immediately it was just connection like immediately yeah. and that just kept growing from there yeah wow yeah I definitely relate to that with um you know I've had a lot of pets over the years yeah. And, you know, it wasn't until I lost Wolfgang that I was looking for support and I heard the term soul cat or soul dog. And yet without definition, I knew exactly that that's what I had. Oh. And and I feel so lucky. And I and I think you will say the same about Griffin that, yeah, it was like this 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 bond. that's like on it's not like any other relationship with a pet or person. It's just this special bond. And so when that's gone, we just feel there's this, this night a void is an understatement. I don't even know what to describe that kind of loss is, but it's it's profound. Well, you know, and it's funny when I was researching for the book, um, I, I, I came across brilliant academics, all these other people who, who felt the exact same way where where it's there is this bond that happens and part of me wonders if it's because we don't speak the same language so it's all inside mm-hmm. and neat um feelings and things that are kind of out of this world a little bit because you can't really explain yeah. it because you're not you know if, if there was like if a boyfriend was like up in my face purring at me i'd be like get away from me but like an animal doing that it's like the most soothing wonderful <laughs> thing you know so it's it's you know they, there's an innate there is something spiritual about it. Like, I don't know. I don't know a lot of anything, but there is something spiritual about an animal's love. There it just is. Well, you know, I was rereading some of the book and I and I come across, I mean, you've done a lot of research to distill in here. And one of the things that still stands out is that you had quoted Eckhart Tolle and one of his talks and that a man had, and you'll say this better, but a man had asked about, you know, why can't I get over why, why am I struggling with the grief, you know, of losing my, my pet? And I think Eckhart said that they are guardians of being. And, and then you went on to write a little bit about that. And it, and it really, you know, I love continuing to learn about the human animal bond and how special it is. And you just kind of brought on a whole new element about 
right, we can't talk. And yet we find ways to communicate. And sure, dogs will know, like, come here, sit, stay and all of that. But yeah, there's no, com- we don't have conversations like we do with our human exactly. friends and family. When um, Eckhart Tolle, when I read that, I remember having chills when I read that speech of, uh, that that uh, speech of Eckhart Tolle, or I watched it. I can't even remember what it was, but um, got remember this is a long time coming in this book, so there's a lot to it. But um, the man asked him uh, uh, that, and he said, "Guardians of Being," which meant to Eckhart Tolle, what it meant is our being is the part of us. It's like you could call it your soul, you can call it something else, but it's the it's the other part of us. It's not about materialist things. It's not. It, it's it's um it's just this other deeper pure part of us that we have and they kind of bring us back to that feeling of, of our being of our you know the, the the unacademic or cerebral part of love or who we are and um i i have put that chapter at the beginning of the book because i thought i remember when 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 this all came to me i just thought i want to refer to pets or our animals throughout the book as beings um because of that because of that speech and because of that um I love Eckhart Tolle. Love him. Yeah, um, I do too. Yeah, he's wonderful. But um, so 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 throughout the book, I call them beings because to me, that's what they are. They're this other kind of way of interpreting love and life. And I hope it makes sense what I'm saying. But yeah, that's oh yeah, it totally does. And I think yeah, I think it'll resonate with people too. And I and that's what I love about you know, doing this podcast is bringing, bringing up the conversation, but also having people identify with, you know, something that they may not have even really identified with themselves or how they see their pet and, you know, help people understand why, when that bond is broken, why it's so profound. Uh, Because I went through that. I was like, I had this voice in my head saying, it's just a cat. Erica, it's just a cat, you know, and, and I had to kind of unravel and figure out, well, why, why am I such a mess, you know? And what am I going to do about it? So, so tell me, what was one of what's one of your favorite memories of Griffin? I mean, you just shared the gotcha story, which is adorable. And by the way, did you think he looked weird, like an alien, or did you know what was coming? Yeah, I did not bomb. My other Devon Rex that we'd had first was bred differently, I guess, or something. So she had more hair. She, she was weird looking too. Like she was not a normal looking cat either, but not like Griffin. I mean, Griffin was like all legs. Like he was like, he was sticky. Like when I picked him up, he was sticky because he had barely had any <laughs> And then his giant green saucer eyes. Oh my God. He, like to me, he was the most beautiful, amazing thing I'd ever seen. But I I was like, whoa, this is this is not a normal looking cat. I'd never seen anything like that. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I put up memory. I think I really couldn't say one thing. I love the way he would sleep on me. He would sleep on me like flat with his, just so in tune with me. So there's, it's really hard for me to even think of one or two memories because we were so inseparable. I brought him everywhere with me. I brought him when I traveled for work. I would, you know, like I was, he was such a dog cat. So I could just kind of, you know, yeah, bring him anywhere. And um, it, it's just more the day-to-day every things. I just found him so curious and so in tune with me. I don't know how else to say it. Wow. Yeah, it was It was just, um, it was just, it was more about the connection. And he was such a bright cat. He could sit and give paw and he could do all those fun things. That, like, it's oh it's unusual. Yeah, I've never um, seen that. Yeah. Um, and he he was just silly and funny and all those things, but he was just 
we were just connected and that's really more what it is about the connection yeah do you feel like do you feel like you compare your relationships with your pets now to that or has any have you ever felt that deep of a love again um you know what's so funny and i talk about this a lot in the book too just I've realized now since since Griffin died, I've had, you know, my mom passed away and other insignificant people I've lost in my life. So what I realize now is it's not just pet loss or pets that are different from each other. It's every love is different. Every loss is different. And no other animal will compare to Griffin. There's just no way. But we, I got, you know, when, when Griffin died, the reason why I put a Band-Aid, well, my, my husband painted this uh, this cover. Oh, you did? Yeah, I need did. Um, and he painted it for me as a painting when I lost Griffin because I was so devastated. But he put a Band-Aid on the heart. Was Part of it was because he wanted to fix my heart because my heart was so broken. And I kept trying to put Band-Aids on my heart. Like when Griffin died, we took in this stray that was on the street. And I was like, oh, OK, I like him, but this isn't doing it for me. Let's go get a dog. So we went and got a dog. And um, Jed was my dog. He passed away over co- during COVID. But um he didn't even fix the band, the thing, but I grew to love that dog. So that's the only other animal so far that I can really say it was hard losing that dog. Like, I mean, it's been hard losing all my animals. It's, you know, but, 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 um, Jed ended up becoming very, very also, you know, in tune with me as, you know, and, and, uh, and meet him too, I hope. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It goes both <laughs> ways. And, yeah. And one of the things I like to remind, like, I run a support group now and, and I, I share with people, you know, write down, write down all of the things that you loved about your pet. Write down all of the memories that you want to cherish and go back and reread on their the anniversary of their death or, you know, like cultivate those those memories and and really continue that bond um, because it is special. And, and it's something that's what we can do. And that's what we can remember. That's literally um why I wrote that's literally why because unfortunately when somebody dies pet person anybody you are so full of pain that you're just thinking about the pain and the thing is the reason why you had the pain is because everything that came before was was intense and beautiful and good and layered and so because grief I'm sure you've figured this out too can really make you get stuck got stuck after my mom passed away too and um so the more i would learn about um therapy and the more i learned about grief is that you have to kind of untangle it and the way to untangle it is to even though it's hard you know write write it out and that's and so throughout throughout my book um, I'm not trying to plug. I'm just saying this is literally because I was like, how, what do I need? And I needed to un- undo it. So, but throughout my, my book, I would do, so I figured I'm going to write a chapter on how I felt when I first saw Griffin, or I'm going to write a chapter on my favorite memories or um, how it, how, where it hurts in my heart. And then always on the next couple pages after the, the, the chapter, I want the reader to, there's places for photos and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to write their story. So it's like, we're we're friends. We're just talking throughout the book. Like, this is what happened with me. What happened with you? And they're like, oh, well, this happened with me. And they're getting it out slowly. And I tried to make it super deliberate so that um, so that it he- you heal in like kind of increments and, and right. not too much. You know, yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to take on too much. Some people have written me and said they, they finished it in a night. But some people have been like, I'm still working on it. It's three months in, but it's good. I keep going back to blah, 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 blah. 
But um, but I believe, you know, they ha- they say the way out is through. And I know that is true. That is 100% true. I've seen it. I've proved it over and over again in so many different areas of my life. And with grief, I feel like it's so hard to like turn and tr- turn into your p- pain, turn and look at your sadness and the hurt, hurt and go, I'm getting through this. So what do I have to do to get through this? Kind of need someone to guide you sometimes, which I did. I needed somebody to guide me. So um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Write down the good memories, do those things. But it's it's about it's about taking back ownership of the story. And the story isn't the say the pain. The story isn't the pain. It's the love. And that's that's kind of how you get through it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think I think what you touched on is really important that I want to underscore, and that is there isn't a quick fix to grief and there isn't a fast track to it. And there isn't it's not something that can just be chosen to get over. And I, I actually tried to do that. I tried to tell myself, oh, um, okay, I accept what happened and I, you know, forgive my friend and all right, brain, you know, like, come on. And grief is a slow, taffy pulling process. And, and we have, don't you think we have to be brave to go into it? I mean, it's yeah. quite a fire to walk through. And I, I don't think anyone should have to do it alone. And, and that's why I like that your book is literally like a step-by-step guide, day-by-day. Yes, you can sit down and do a lot of the of reading and, and exercises, um, but that doesn't mean you're going to get over your grief faster. Right? There's no getting over your grief. And you can have like, you can have a month, you can have a year of thinking you're over your grief, but you're never over grief and you're not supposed to be. When I pass away, I hope my son isn't just over me. <laughs> I hope that he yeah. can and take the take everything with him and and do it in a healthy way but i don't want somebody to just be over me i wouldn't i don't want to be over griffin and that's that's actually a really hard part of grief is once you start kind of moving on you're like wait i feel guilty how am i moving on when they suffered or when they and it's and it's about you know just doing it in small ways but not getting over it you, you don't need to get over it you you take it and you learn from it and then you know, and then you can then you can see how you can grow from it. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's it's real. It's true. Like I became a better person because of what I learned about grief because of Griffin. Griffin taught me all this stuff about grief that I got to use with my mother, that I got to use with my other animals who passed away, you know, and um, just also like really reflecting on myself like, wow. I love really good. Like I can love really deeply that I was it hurt me this much to run and you know, yeah. And it's like, well, that's not a bad thing. That's a nice thing, actually. And uh, I can use it in all areas of my life and just it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's wow, I had this love with an animal, this sweet, sweet, innocent love. And that's a beautiful thing that I'm proud of. And I'm proud of you for having that. You know, we're so lucky to experience that, right? It's like we are. We are. Nice. Yeah. Were you taken aback or surprised at the amount of of pain and, and grief you were going through? Did it take you, oh, yeah. kind of shock you? I was a disaster and I kept thinking, okay, when is this going to stop? And if anybody like I hadn't seen for a little while or, or start talking to me, I would start crying and and they'd be like, whoa, girl, you're so great. Like it seemed a little nuts and I wasn't sleeping and I was taking on too much. A lot of things were happening at the same time in my life at that time. But um, I ended up seeing a doctor to help me sleep because I couldn't sleep anymore. The grief. And it's so it's it's very um, 
surreptitious is that the right word i want to say and it's 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 very it's it um it pretends to be something else grief a lot of the times you're like oh i can't sleep what's going on and then when i went to see a doctor but i wrote write about this in the book but um when i went to see only a doctor a psychiatrist to help me give me a prescription to sleep because i I could nothing was working and she's the one who got me to start this whole journey because she was asking me what was going on in my life and I'm telling her about stuff that's going on with my family and all these other horrible things that were going on. And and I'm like, and also, you know, my cat, you know, my cat. She, and I started bawling on that. Not on any of the other. I didn't even get it out. Yeah. Yeah. And she, was, and she was the first person who said, what's, what was his name? I'm like, oh, he was Griffin. And she's like, what color was he? Like, she started asking me questions. And, and um, she, she taught me that in that first session, she said that, animals come into our lives and take on the pain and the the hardships that we have and um she was like she said it's interesting that griffin died of a sick heart just because sounds like you've had a lot of heartbreak in your life every angle heartbreak and and uh, she goes i just find that interesting and i just remember being like whoa you know she was just taking me seriously it's the first time i you know she wasn't going what it's good. Well, then let's, here's your prescription. She was just like, we go, you got to learn to mourn your cat. That's literally what she said to me. She she skipped all the other crap that had been going on in my life. And like, she saw that this was the one that I couldn't quite handle, you know? And, uh, and she was right. Well, don't you feel lucky that you found someone that could acknowledge and, and see the direct relationship and how much it's like, it, she instantly validated your loss right there. It changed everything. I mean, it changed the trajectory of my grief, of my life, because that's when I started knowing I wanted to write the book. And I mean, it was it was within the next few days because I did everything she said, but she wanted me to. She's like, "Do you look at his photos?" No, no, it's too hard to. She's like, "Go look at his photos when you get home." I was like, "Okay." She's like, "Start writing out, start writing out memories." Right. So she immediately was saying these things to me. I went to her. She had no idea anything. I didn't. I didn't know she was going to talk to me about Griffin. I didn't know any of that. I just couldn't sleep and I didn't know why. So, um, so yeah. And so she, she, that changed everything for me. Just having somebody go, she's an actual medical professional. Right. And she took me very seriously. She was very serious about it. So, um, and told me that when you, when we, um, invalidate our own pain, our own grief, that, stuffs it in down 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 and it starts coming out in ugly little ways it's just you know like i can't sleep or you know i'll my person you you get guarded or things happen that you don't even know are related to the grief if you're not dealing with it so her validating it was everything to me Mm -hmm. i will also i would also say that um i feel like even though i got very lucky to have that chance encounter with this doctor um i do believe we can't rely on other people to get our grief it's so private and individual and if you have somebody amazing but the reality is you kind of have to go this is nobody else's um, issue but mine go seek out help if you need help absolutely I'm, i'm all for that but you have to take it on and figure it out yourself because Nobody will understand your connection with your animal. Nobody will really be able to empathize, but they can empathize, but they can't really be there. And nobody could. How could they? We'd all walk around like zombies if we were taking on everybody else's pain all the time. So 
it's up to us to carve out that space and make sure we're healing properly. It's really important. Anyway. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I, I'm so grateful um, for people like yourself that have seen that there's a need for that validation, that have seen that there's a need for tools for people to not walk around in, in, in another sense, like zombies not knowing how to work with their grief, not knowing what to do with it, not knowing how to channel it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I want to I want to talk about the book a little bit. And for those that are are watching on on YouTube, you can see the cover. But um, for those of you that are listening, we'll definitely have show notes for you to go and check out her book. Um, what, what I was saying to to Reagan right before we started was that I love that. Yes, it's a nice big keepsake journal, but you don't you can go through it randomly or you can go through it consecutively and it's and what i like about it is that it's digestible and i think for a lot of people in those first few stages of grief life is so overwhelming trying to readjust with this void of thing this being is gone that was by your side all the time right and doing simple daily tasks is too much and to have a way to work on the grief you know, while still maintaining going to work and having to do, you know, if you're a mom and you, you know, having family duties, it's, it's nice to be able to just give yourself five minutes a day to say, okay, for this five minutes, I'm going to honor my pets. And you get to write their name in the beginning of the book. That's the first thing I did. Who do you dedicate this book to? Your animal's name, Wolfgang. And it feels beautiful because you're already starting this journey of honoring your pet and your relationship with your pet. Um, but I'm going to open it up. I'm just going to go to a random page. And and here we are. There's a lovely quote. There is a beginning and an ending for everything that is alive. In between is living. Mm-hmm. This is by Brian, Melanie, and Robert Ingpen from Lifetimes. Um, tell us how you found this quote. I'm going to turn my phone off because it's pinging and I'm so oh. sorry. Just show that you're not here. I didn't hear you. Sorry. I didn't okay, hear good. You. Sorry. But goodbye. Um, wait, how I found that quote. Oh God. I mean, when I started writing and when I started trying to find books that would help me heal, I, um, I just clung to everything that felt good to me. And, um, that book was that book, that book that I quoted there was actually a a grief book for children that is so gorgeous. I mean, I really recommend that book to anybody. It was just, um, it's very poetic. It's very unique. And I just remembered that quote. Um, I thought this is what it's really about. It's that, you know, that it's, it's not the beginning, it's not the end, but it's all the middle. And we lose sight of that when we're depressed and sad because, you know, we're in pain and, and in the thick of the grief. So, yeah. And on the next page, it says memories. The living is in between. And as hard as it feels right now, that's the part that really matters. Where the simple memories we need to hold on to are made. Like meandering walks in the park, sweet sweet snuggles on the couch, and overly enthusiastic greetings at the door. Um, And, you know, and and it continues. And it's like, okay, I can decide, do I want more right now? You know, there's a journal exercise that I've done. Um, a space for the photo, or do I just want that quote for right now? You know, and I love that any people can use this book in a way that suits them best, right? It's and you can you can be the all or nothing, or you can be the all in, or you can be a little bit. Um, do you want to share with us? You know, a fa- do you have a favorite part of the book that you would like to tell everyone about? 
Well, so you asked you asked me that um, when we were speaking earlier, and I it's so hard because it is holistic, and the chapters are really short. But I figured, you know what? I think I might read not the epilogue, but the last chapter, um, because I kind of think it sums up what I learned from this whole process. Okay, so bear with me while I read this. Yeah, I hope I don't cry. And my own writing that would be really obnoxious. <laughs> um, this chapter is called "Who Will You Become." And starts, um, when people adore their pets, a part of me connects to them automatically. We may not have one other molecule of common ground in our bodies, minds, or spirits, but if you treat your animal like family and are a devoted caregiver, we could possibly be friends for life. I recognize something in pet lovers that feels comforting and familiar to me. I've come to believe that this is because... We are a certain kind of tribe that seeks out joy, light, and connection. Life often has us trudging along our own individual paths, wearing heavy boots, getting weighed down by pain. But when we choose to share our heart with an animal, we find an innocent way to distract from those difficult feelings. Our sweet being becomes a mighty sponge, absorbing the hardest parts holding our hurt for us with a selflessness that few humans could ever own. So when they die, what then? The light goes off, the joy goes missing. But it doesn't have to be that way. Psychotherapist Lori Gottlieb writes in her memoir, maybe you should talk to someone. What are we so afraid of? It's not as if we're going to appear in those dark corners, flip on the light and find a bunch of cockroaches. Fireflies love the dark too. There's beauty in those places but we have to look in there to see it. After all the unconditional love, the fun, the acceptance, our animals have given us one last gift. They've given us an opportunity. They've given us an opportunity to grow and expand our hearts, our own beings. Losing an animal doesn't have to be something that we're required to simply get over. The old way of dealing with death feels antiquated and lacks a certain integrity, but we have the ability to change the culture of grief Grief is an active emotion that we can choose to observe and tend to, where we used to be encouraged to brush aside our painful feelings and dismiss them and pretend they aren't really there. Now we know we have the option to examine them, to explore them. We can sit in a bit of discomfort and figure out why we love that specific being so much. What does it say about them? What does it say about us? I want to look forward only after I looked back after I've learned everything I needed to learn and cleared any lingering negative, negative energy or regret that may be surreptitiously lurking in the shadows. Through emotional exploration, community, and love, we can get back to the light, the kind that changes us for the better. This is what can happen when we're honest about what we've gone through, when we allow ourselves to love to our full capacity and honor the importance of losing someone who meant the world to us. This is where we grow. That's the end of that chapter. Well read. Well read. <laughs> and beautifully written, too. Um, and so thank you for sharing this gift with the world. I know it took so much effort to put into it. Did you ever want to... Did you ever feel like, oh, I can't do this. It's it's not right or it's not perfect. Or like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, and you yeah. get through that process. <laughs> That is why it took me 12 years. There was so many times where I'd start writing and I'd write a bunch of chapters that are, you know, so different now that they're in the book. But 
I would write them. I'd be like, who do I think I am? Who am I? I'm like, I'm not a writer. I can't write a book. I went on and on. And I would, then I would start again. And then I'd feel this pull to do it again. And then I'd be like, oh, I don't even know what this book is. I don't even know what this should be. And da, 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 da. And so I would beat myself up and and um, a million times. And then I remember one day my husband just came out from the bedroom. I was in here in the kitchen drinking coffee. And he was like, you need to finish your book. You need to finish the book. He said, it's so authentic and true to who you are as a person and you're going to have to finish it i think you're always will regret it and literally that day erica this is what i did i googled how to finish a book <laughs> and this, there, there was a bunch of things there was this one guy who had five pointers and and they were so practical and excellent like if you get stuck in a chapter move on stuck because that kept happening to me i kept going well i want to write about x and xyz and i couldn't find the right i couldn't research it properly or it just wasn't coming together move on set a time like every single day that you're going to write it so for me i put minimum two hours every single day no matter what so if i had the flu if i doesn't matter if it t turned out garbage i had to write every day and you know what the thing is i did i wrote every single day until it was finished and stuck with that and it was and it's not it's not intimidating to write for two hours because it was certainly you get in a flow state and and you also have the permission that when the flow state isn't there you can move on you can you don't have to you know stay and keep keep going in that same direction if it's if you're stuck i can't remember all the the the, the um the points but they were so practical and I literally just followed them. I just did the thing he said and the book finished. So just Google it, guys. Do you want to write a book? Just Google. <laughs> you can Google. Thank you, Google, for teaching us how to Google just about anything. And you I know. Really. I know, really. Yeah. And, and and you know, and then I hired an amazing editor who really also really um she didn't boss me, but she didn't boss me around, but she really steered me and would tell me when when a chapter was it's okay. It's not great. And then I'd be like, okay. So I had to go back and like, but it was great. I need you if you want it to be good, you have to you have right. to listen to people you respect, or or you're just going to be around, you know, in a echo chamber, right? So right. Well, a beautiful work, and so I thank you for making it because it helped me immensely, and I know it's helped a lot of other people. Um, Regan, where can people find your book? Where's the best place for them to buy it? Um, well, you can go to griffinsheart.com. That's our website. And or or Amazon is I mean, it's on a bunch of different um, animal uh, resource sites that that we sell on. But um, but Amazon's the easiest, probably. And um, yeah. OK, excellent. And I want to ask one last question. Yeah. For anyone that's listening that um, maybe is struggling today, is there something that you can recommend or or say to them that will help them through this day? I would say, first of all, take it easy on yourself. You're absolutely not alone, whether, whether you know people in person who uh, understand this pain or online, you know, uh, and go to, go to Erica, read my book. There's, there's people who get it, who want to connect with you too. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding to me than when somebody reaches out. So those are, those are options. And I think what I started doing was allowing myself a time limit to cry or grieve mm -hmm. and then get up and go for a walk. Let yourself have it. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But then also distract so you don't get overwhelmed with it, which is sometimes easier said than done. And you really might need, yeah. you might need a professional to just get you through if, right. if you get, but if you indulge it just enough, it's healing. If you indulge it a little too much, it can, it can, it can 
be really hard. So just give yourself a break and and carve out time to mourn. And I know that you you have your Wilkie's wish, your affirmation cards. Um, but I think things like that, things that things that are almost ceremonial in a way, um, like af- I'm a big affirmation girly. I'm obsessed with that. Aff- I believe in them. I think they're real. I think they they change your subconscious. I, I think they're important. Um, so I, I really think these are amazing. And I think um, that's why uh, we're developing two other products. They're going to be ready in a couple months, but um, but just ceremonial. Um, so we're developing us a candle set. So uh, we have like three candles and I put you know, to love, to heal, to remember are there the three candles and you kind of light a candle and go, what do I need right now? I need to just sit and cry. I need to, you know, feel the other thing we were, we're creating is a, as a, as a throw blanket. It's very, very, very bougie. Um, so it's super cozy and it's very high quality and, and bougie. And, um, and it's almost like a big hug. So you just kind yeah. of, oh, you're not alone. You know, yeah. there are people who get it. And you c- deliberately, you know, doing affirmations, reading a book, talking to a friend, whatever it means for you, lighting the candles, wrapping yourself in, in a blanket, you're carving out time to heal and remember and honor. And that feels really good when you're going, you know, like, I know every single animal I've lost deserves to be remembered. They don't, I don't want to sweep them under a rug because it feels a little painful. No, they deserve to be remembered. And actually, it makes me feel good when I, when I do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we went to that's, 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 You're amazing. Thank oh. you for sharing your your big heart with the world and for putting all the time and effort into this book. And and now we have some tips on if if anyone out there is working on a project, <laughs> what was it your husband said? You need to finish that book. So just need to finish the book. Yeah, I was right. I would have yeah. mad at myself if I never. Well, kudos for you and kudos to you. And thank you so much for your time and sharing your your wisdom and your hope with everybody today. If you or someone you know is struggling to cope with the loss of a pet, please go to wolfieswish.com and check out our amazing products and services to help facilitate healing. I want to give a shout out to Heaven's Rainbow Bridge Crematory for seeing the value in our products and services and offering these to their customers. So thank you. And this is an unsolicited thanks and shout out to them. Um, I just want to acknowledge people that see the value in acknowledging pet loss and providing solutions. Stay tuned for our next episode, which drops in March with a very special, amazing guest who is on a mission to provide time off for pet bereavement in the workplace and has is releasing a wonderful book called Pets Are Family.